Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to the Everything New York Giants podcast with New York Giants Fangirl. I'm Adriana, and I've got a twofer for you today. We are going to preview the Giants-Packers game on Monday Night Football, and then I'm also going to answer your questions from Instagram. So let's start with a little preview. The Giants take on the Packers, like I said, Monday Night Football. It's at home at MetLife Stadium. And the Packers are coming off a three-game win streak. The Giants are coming off a two-game win streak and a bye. So the good news for the Giants is that a lot of players are healthy, and that includes Tyrod Taylor, who is likely to be activated to the roster on Sunday prior to the game. Although Brian Dable, the coach of the Giants, said that Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets is getting the start. So I think that comes as a surprise to no one. The reality is we already know what Tyrod is and he's likely not to be here next year. So the focus is going to be on Tommy DeVito, how he develops and learns over the next few weeks and possibly the rest of the season and to see if he can develop into possibly being a backup quarterback for the Giants since he... When he was activated to the roster, he signed a three-year deal with the team. So he will likely be here for a bit. And you know what? I think a lot of Giants fans are excited about that. He's done well the last few weeks. He's not perfect by any means, but he's done a really good job of improving. And that's the most important thing that we can ask for. I think we've all seen that the players have really rallied around him and he seems to bring a new energy and life to the team. And when you're two and eight and it feels like your season is going down the drain, Anything that you can do to bring up the excitement and motivation in the locker room is extremely important, and Tommy DeVito has done just that. So something to be excited about for all of us fans going into Monday night. Saquon Barkley, healthy, ready to go. Um, the good news is, is that they will get that extra day because it's a Monday night game, so they have... Um, a little bit of a different schedule this week. So we're waiting on the injury report to come out today. But prior to that, Dable did say earlier today that both Evan Neal and Dexter Lawrence will not practice again for the second day in a row. Um, he also said that Waller is getting better every day, but they don't expect him to play on Monday night, which is definitely a bummer. But I am hopeful that he will be back maybe for the Saints game next week. So we will see. Obviously, I think most of us are not wildly upset that Evan Neal is not going to play on Sunday. That means we need, or Monday, that means we need a big game out of Tyree Phillips. Um, Matt Pert is also still on the injury list, which again, I don't think anyone is wildly upset about. Um, let's do more injury updates for a second. So about Dexter, he is getting better every week. He's dealing with a hamstring injury like everyone else on this team. Um, but there is a possibility that he will play on Monday. So we will just have to see how the rest of the week goes and see what happens and hope for the best because I don't know about you guys, but I would feel a lot better going into the Packers game if I knew that Dexter Lawrence was playing. The reality is, is that even though um, Ashawn Robinson and Nacho have done a good job, they're obviously not Dexter and Leo. So to have Dexter back would be huge, especially going against you know, a younger quarterback like Jordan Love, I think we would absolutely have the advantage there. So let's all keep our fingers crossed that Dexter is going to be ready to go. Um, outside of that on the injury front, I I saw this tweet from the Giant Insider and laughed to myself because I, I pretty much forgot that Aaron Robinson was on this team. He's been on IR 
pretty much the whole season. Um, and Chris asked Dable about it and said he's improving, but he's not coming off the uh, IR list this week and he doesn't know when. So um, not like we're missing him, obviously, but, you know, I think to have another body in there and compete and see what he can do. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. We really haven't seen a ton out of him over the years. Um, to obviously see what he can do would be beneficial to all of us. So we'll see what happens there. But as of right now, that's it on the injury front. And I am hoping that the injury report comes out while I'm recording this so I can give you guys that last update. So let's talk about the Packers a little bit and talk about, you know, what the Giants really have to do to win this game. So I want to go through some information that I thought was interesting when we're talking about the Giants offense versus the Packers defense. So the Packers defense as a whole are ranked number 18 in the league. So top 20, not so bad. Um, they are giving up 340 yards. That's the average per game. And they also are giving up, they've allowed 25 touchdowns. So um, when we talk about the passing attack, they are ranked um they're ranked actually quite a bit better. They're number 10 in the league, allowing an average of about 204 yards per game and 13 touchdowns. Now, I want to talk about the rushing because this is going to be the most important because out of everything defensively, they are the worst going against the run, which means that if the Giants are smart, which they are, trust the coaching staff, they will focus on running the ball and Saquon Barkley is going to get a hell of a lot of carries. Now, that means the offensive line needs to learn how to run block and they need to do a good job of it in order to really take advantage of this. Okay, they are worse than the Giants. They are ranked number 30 in the league. The Giants are ranked number 28 or 20, 29. Um, or better yet, we're tied with the Jets. Um, we're both ranked number 28. So the Giants are giving up 136 rushing yards per game on average, and the Packers are giving up 136.3 with 11 rushing touchdowns that they have allowed. So again, most important, we got to take advantage of that. The offensive line has to run block. Saquon has to be able to get through those holes. I expect to see Matt Breida involved in that game as well. Um, I hope for the love of God that I do not see any end arounds, especially in the hands of Paris Campbell. I am literally begging you, Giants, please stop that. Please give it to Wandale. Give it to anyone else. Do not give it to Paris Campbell. It is not a successful play, okay? So, that's what I want to see from the offense. I want to see them really focus on the run, especially in the first half. If they're having success with the run, like other teams have done against the Packers, then continue to do that. If it's not working, then sure, open up the pass game. I want to see more Hyatt. I beg for this every freaking week. And I think coming off the week that he had prior to the bye, we are absolutely going to see more Jalen Hyatt. I want to see more Darius Slayton. And I want to see more Wandale Robinson. So I mean, what I would love to see is the Giants actually have a successful screen game, which they haven't seen in, in years. But if we could just do some quick little dump off passes, get it into guys like Wandale and Hyatt's hands. They're speedy. They can break away from receivers. They're good at running routes. They're good at cutting like those, even Shep, like those are the guys that I want to see get the ball in their hands and they can make plays. So 
We'll see. I think we're going to see some sort of balanced approach going into this game. Like I said, I think it's going to be really important that in the beginning they start with the run game. And if you have Saquon Barkley on your fantasy team like I do, it's probably a good week to start him. Every week's a good week to start Saquon, but I think this could potentially be one of the best weeks so far. So, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing from an offensive perspective, right? Uh, going against their defense, obviously, Tommy DeVito needs to be really good about holding onto the ball. Um, not holding onto the ball. He needs to get rid of the ball quicker, but he needs to be smart when he's getting rid of the ball. He has not had any interceptions so far, and he needs to keep that up because the Packers also have not been um, throwing any interceptions. Jordan Love has also done a really good job of protecting the ball. So ultimately, I think when it comes down to this game, I think whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win. I think it's going to be pretty close. But from a Packers offensive perspective, I would say I'm most worried about Watson. He had two touchdowns last week. Luckily, I did a good job and I bet on that. So that was the move. Um, but He's a guy that I'm definitely worried about. And I think you're going to see when it comes to a matchup perspective, I think it's either going to be a Dory or probably Banks. And Banks has done overall quite well this season. I just want to see him continue to improve upon that. So I think he could be a good matchup against Watson, but he's got to do a really good job of shutting him down because he's a guy that's had a really good year so far. And he absolutely popped off last week. And I know that they are going to be taking advantage of that, especially knowing that they're going against some rookie corners like him and Trey Hawkins. So I am hopeful that uh, Trey Hawkins is, um, is not going to be the guy covering Watson. So, um, all right, let's go into some more stats. Um, Giants defense. Like I said, they are tied in number 28 with the Jets for rushing defense. Not great. And when it comes to passing, they've been better. So they're ranked number 20 and they've been allowing an average of 228 yards per game and 14 touchdowns. So like I said, I think that Christian Watson is going to be the guy that you want to keep your eyes on this week. And let's just hope that our defense can do a really good job of covering him um, because he's absolutely going to get a good amount of targets. Let's go through some other things. Obviously, Aaron Jones, we know, is the superstar. He is going to be, should be good to go. Him and AJ Dillon are both active. So, you know, the thing about the Packers is they have a really good dual threat at running back and we are going to hopefully see guys like Bobby O'Kurike, who's done an excellent job so far at stopping the run. And so has um, Micah McFadden. So I really want to see them keep it up this week. Like I said, everyone is rested. They're coming off a bye. Bobby Okurake specifically was dealing with some rib stuff. So I know a week is not going to be enough time to heal everything. But I think the rest at this rate in the season can probably do wonders for these guys. So I'm really hopeful that um, that is going to be good news um, for us, especially. So one thing the Giants have not been really good at over the years, we all know if you've watched any Giants game, you know that this is probably one of their biggest struggles from a defensive standpoint, um, along with other things, is they can't cover a tight end. And Tucker Craft, who is their starting tight end, who's done quite well for them um, this year, I'm just going to pull up his stats. Um, but he's a guy that we're definitely going to have to keep our eyes peeled for um, because 
we all know that this game can get out of hand really quickly if a guy like Crafts makes a couple big plays and that's all they need to do, right? Is if the Packers go up 14, nothing over the Giants by the halftime, I think it's going to be a really hard, um, it's going to be really hard for this team to dig their, dig themselves out of that hole. Um, I just think we have to do our best to really keep the game even on all sides of the ball, obviously for as long as we can. But, you know, we even saw it with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a way better team than the Giants. And they went down 14-0 against the Packers. And it was really difficult for them to pick up momentum, to pick up speed, and to really be able to get back in the ball game. I mean, Travis Kelsey is one of their best players. And he only had four, he had five targets with four catches. So their defense did a really good job of taking Travis Kelsey out of the equation. So imagine what they could do to Daniel Bellinger. If only Darren Waller was playing, I would feel a lot better. But anyway, let's go back to their tight end situation. So the good news for us is that um, Kraft has not been a huge part of their offense. Last week against the Chiefs, he had three receptions for 37 yards. The longest one was 19. So the problem with the Giants is that he could, that was one of his better games so far. He missed quite a few games with injury this year, but he could easily take that up a notch, like a huge notch against the Giants. So I would say that's something that we have to be worried about. So um, like I said, let's hope whoever is covering the tight ends um, is going to be able to match up with him well because could get ugly kind of quickly, you know? Um, okay, so Watson is questionable. And so is Aaron Jones questionable. Ultimately, like I said, because it's only Wednesday today, those guys will probably play. That will be the Giants' luck. I would say I'm most concerned about, like I said, Watson. Obviously, Jaden Reed has done a really good job so far, too. Um, but I feel like if our defense can do a good job of really limiting Watson, then we have a good chance of holding their defense to maybe under 17 points. If... The Packers get 21 points in this game. I really feel like the Giants can't come back from that. We have not seen them score a lot of points consistently this season. Obviously, there's been a lot of factors. Yes, DeVito's done a good job, but ultimately, you can't score 10 points and expect to win football games. And when the Packers put up as much as they did against the Chiefs, I think it was 21. Um, or no, it ended up being 24, I'm pretty sure. We like if we can't score that many points or anything close to that, we're not winning this game. So ultimately, I think it's going to come down to the turnover battle. And I really just hope that our defense can step up big time and make some good plays um, because they're going to have to if we want to win. OK, that's, I think, enough on Giants Packers. Let's go ahead and get to some questions. So let me pull these up for you guys. I got a lot of good ones this week. So um, I'm going to try and talk a little bit faster and get through as many as I can. Um, because, like I said, there were some good ones. So. All right, let's start here. 
Um, has Tommy DeVito made a case to be the quarterback two moving into 2024? Not yet. He's done a good job, yes, but he is not incredible by any means. He still has a lot of things to work on. We have played some terrible teams that, yes, we have won those games and DeVito has looked good, but the Packers' defense is better than any of the teams that he's played against so far. Patriots, garbage, commanders, not great. So this is going to be the first of a few tests for him, and I want to see how he does against the Packers defense. Like I said, it's only the beginning. I think we need to see him out through the rest of the year. How's he going to do against the Eagles defense? To me, that will be the biggest test. If he can hold up well and not turn the ball over against the Eagles, and he's played consistently better every week from now until the end of the season, then I would feel confident in saying that he's probably going to be our backup number two. But he's got to get past these tests, those two being um, the most important over the next or the rest of the season. Would you get rid of Dable and Shane if Belichick wanted to sign only with the Giants? Absolutely fucking not. Under any circumstances, I would never bring back Belichick. And there's a lot of reasons why. And I'm going to give you my top two. The first is that, yes, it's a great story. Belichick coming home to his team, blah, 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 whatever. I get that. I don't give a shit. Whatever his history was with the Giants, yes, it was amazing. Yes, it was great. How many years have passed since that? And we have brought back people, and you can say that Belichick is the exception, and that is totally fine. We have brought back Jason Garrett. We have brought back Dave Gettleman. Have either of those things worked for us? Absolutely fucking not. Belichick is having probably the worst season he's ever had as the head coach of the Patriots, and he does a lot of GM stuff for them too. Why under any circumstances would you want him to come to the Giants now? Maybe 10 years ago when he's in the height of his success and obviously doing things well and had an epic quarterback, different season. He can't make Mac Jones better. What is he going to do with our quarterback situation? Absolutely not. I do not want him involved. I think that Joe Shane has done a really good job as GM. He's not perfect by any means. He's done a really good job, and I think he would do a hell of a lot better job than Belichick would. <coughs> And I also think that Dable deserves to be here longer. He needs to draft his own quarterback and develop him. There is not a single circumstance that I would ever consider to bring in Belichick and fire those two guys. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Who do you believe on this team is going to end up on the Pro Bowl? Well, it's obviously going to be our defensive players. Um, you know, we've got one really good offensive player that deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. And that obviously is going to be Saquon Barkley. It would be Andrew Thomas if he had played more throughout the season. I think he just hasn't had enough playing time to have that honor, if you will. Um, but he totally would deserve it under normal circumstances. So offensive perspective is Saquon Barkley. I think John Michael Schmitz has the potential to be that in the future. He's not there yet. Defensive perspective, Sexy Dexy Dexter Lawrence absolutely deserves to be on that list. He better be. Um, and outside of that, should it be Bobby Okurake, who has led not only this team in tackles for a lot of the season, he's also led the NFL quite a few weeks 
with the most tackles. And actually, I just saw a stat, speaking of Bobby Okereke, he's the only player in the NFL this season with nine or more tackles for loss and eight or more pass deflections. So if anyone deserves it, it is absolutely those two guys. I would say an honorable mention could maybe be Micah McFadden. He's done a really good job so far this year, um, but I just don't know if he's played well enough compared to other linebackers in the league. So those two and Saquon number three absolutely need to be on there. Um, are you still going to the Giants game on Monday night? Yes, I will be there. I am going to get there early and tailgate a little bit and then head in. If you are going, make sure you dress warm and bring the noise because we are going to need to take advantage of that home field advantage that they claim that we have, um, which will help if we're all very loud. So if you're going, dress warm, wear blue, and be loud, and let's win this game. Should Florida State be in the college playoff? college football playoff. Now, I know this is not NFL related, but we need to talk about this for a second because it's absolutely obscene. The amount of memes and shit that I've seen about this is hysterical, but it's it really makes you feel like like the skits that I've seen are legitimate, where there's just a bunch of people sitting in the room and are just like, we don't care about the ACC and Florida State being undefeated doesn't matter. We'll just put Alabama in there because they beat Georgia. Like it just it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how on earth you could leave an undefeated team out of the playoffs. It's ridiculous. I just like cannot believe that that's actually happened. And I understand that Florida State fans should be fucking furious. They deserve 100% to be angry because it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. College football does a lot of things wrong, but this is going to go up as easily one of the worst, especially this season. Just absolute trash. Do you see Ojolari on this team next year considering his injury history or do we bring in another edge guy? Now, I thought that he would not be here next year because I forgot that he is still on his rookie deal. So I think he's definitely going to be here next year. He's on his rookie deal. I don't think it makes any sense for them to cut him prior to this. However, I don't think that will affect the way that they go after the edge position this offseason. So I think they will keep Aziz. Obviously, they're going to keep Kayvon. I think they're going to let Jihad Ward go. And I think they're going to bring in an edge rusher from free agency. And I think they're also going to draft an edge rusher because obviously we need more of them and we need help getting to the quarterback and it's going to come in the form of a pure edge rusher so I would expect them to bring in definitely two guys um so keep your eyes peeled for that once we get to the offseason Super Bowl prediction mine is Niners versus Dolphins with the Niners winning I 100% agree with this I think that you know regardless of the fact that, you know, Miami hasn't really beaten a lot of good teams. I think they just match up so well against so many teams. When you look at the AFC as a whole, I think the only other team that could really compete with them, especially with Trevor Lawrence being out for a while and Joe Burrow and Kenny Pickett and literally all these other quarterbacks that these teams have lost. The reality is that the Ravens are probably the only other team that can compete with them. And I just feel like the Ravens are too hit or miss. They lost Mark Andrews, who's one of their best players. I just think that I have not seen them consistently be a powerhouse on both sides of the ball like we've seen with Miami. Like, no one is beating Miami's offense. They are out of control. I think the only offense that could score as many points as the Dolphins can in a game is going to be the Niners. And ultimately, it's going to come down to that, I think, in the Super Bowl. 
The Niners putting that absolute beat down on the Eagles was the, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I could not love it anymore. Um, especially Debo Samuel, fellow Gamecock, just having the game of his life, obsessed with it. So I think those two teams are going to be the best matchups. I think in their divisions, no one else is going to come close. You could say the Eagles, sure, might come close in the NFC Championship, and that's probably will be what it is ultimately, but the Niners are just going to destroy them again. Like, I just don't think that they match up um, well enough against them. And when you've seen what happened last week, it's just... It'll be a really good Super Bowl. Um, I So I really hope that's what it is. And I bet a few weeks ago, or I bet when the Niners were undefeated that they would win the Super Bowl at plus 600 odds. So I also hope that works. But if it's the Dolphins, I won't be disappointed because I do feel like they really deserve it. They're an incredible team. Are you more concerned with the quarterback play or the O-line performance? I think for me, it's a mix of both because obviously Tommy DeVito has done well, but he's not completely lighting it up out there. Not to the point where he's able to escape the damage that the offensive line is doing. And to be fair, I don't think that there are maybe any quarterbacks in this league who could do that. You can maybe say Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow are up there enough that they could overplay the poor offensive line play, but I think even that might be calling it a stretch. And that's like, you're talking about the two best quarterbacks in the league. So to me, the offensive line play needs to come first. Like I said, unless Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow is behind that line, I'm still not feeling confident that this offensive line is going to do well and that our offense is going to be able to move the ball, put up a lot of points and win games. So to me, the offensive line needs to be fixed for the 15th year in a row. Um, it just, it has to be figured out. You know, I feel like we, we're we getting a little bit closer. Like we've got two out of the five um, versus one out of the five. So like we're making a little bit of progress here, but um, that absolutely needs to be a priority. I know it's going to be a priority this off season, but I just feel like until the offensive line play is average at best, um, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. It's, they're just not going to be able to escape the bad play on the line. Okay. Will the Maris sisters be the next owners of the Steelers and the Giants? So for those of you who don't know, the um, Maras have two daughters, both of whom are actors, Kate Mara and Rooney Mara. And um, they, so Kate Mara, I believe is going to be the, in theory, the owner of the Giants and Rooney, the um, Steelers because of the way that their families own the franchises. So the other question prior to this was, um, where was it? Was about who is going to take over, um, oh, this is what it was. The team won six championships under uh, Mara and two with Tish and Mara. Who's the next owners? So I think the reality is the Mara family is going nowhere. Um, the Mara children are obviously very involved in the business and the organization. Kate Mara does not work for them. She's obviously an actress. So is her sister Rooney or her cousin, whatever they are. Um, but they like they're still very much involved in the organization and when it's so much of a family business the way that it is like wellington passing it on to john like over john's dead body is his children selling the organization like it's just never going to happen so i don't know what will happen with the tishes you know steve is not as involved as john is because he's out in california so i don't know how that side of things could eventually evolve, but I would never be surprised if the Maris ultimately just buy the whole team 
back and they buy out Tish's portion. So if you don't like the Maris, you better get over it because they are not going anywhere. So thanks for listening. As always, you can subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts, the Everything New York Giants podcast. And you can follow me at New York Giants Fangirl on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter to stay up to date on all things New York Giants. Mm -hmm.